Welcome to the Digestible Dynamics Podcast, a podcast for the innovators from the experts. We know that you're busier than ever, and the last thing you need as a business applications innovator is a lengthy, drawn-out podcast where you walk away with the possibility of learning something new. Well, that's how the Digestible Dynamics Podcast is different. Each episode will contain one digestible tidbit about Dynamics 365 that you can immediately apply to your business. With the combined experience of three decades in the business application space, Dr. KJ and I understand that the power of technology is not about the features and functions, but rather the value it can bring to your business to help you transform and drive growth. That's why we'll focus on the most useful things that you need to know about the Dynamics 365 platform. Welcome everyone to the Digestible Dynamics Podcast, your number one source for snackable tidbits that help you optimize your Dynamics 365 experience. This week, we're going to talk about Dynamics 365 Field Service, which empowers organizations to deliver exceptional service by moving from reactive to proactive to predictive service using data insights and connected experiences. And I wish I could take credit for that pitch. I think I'm a wordsmith and I love to speak well and smoothly, but that's straight from our website. So shout out to the Microsoft marketing team for that. Well, man, Kevin, you could have fooled me with that smooth pitch. You really captured the essence of what field service is with that sentence there. But the one thing I often experience is customers wanting use cases or success stories about Dynamics 365. And with regards to Dynamics 365 field service, I tell them to look no further than Microsoft itself. Because we use, well, not Kevin or I, but our global real estate team uses Dynamics Field Service to manage service tickets for maintenance and upkeep on our entire global corporate portfolio. That's right. And if you want to learn more, KJ and I interviewed the man in charge of the whole operation in season one. And we're talking not just a small portfolio. It's Microsoft after all. So I believe it was somewhere in the realm of 700 plus buildings across 100 plus countries. And I think the total amount square footage came out to something like 30 million square feet of real estate. So it's a massive operation. We interviewed the head of that. So if you want to look for that episode, the title of it is Using Dynamics 365 Field Service to Manage Microsoft's Global Real Estate Portfolio. It's a mouthful, but it has all the content you need if you want to use case as to how field service can really help smooth operations and manage projects efficiently. Great plug, Kevin. But we're not the field service experts, so why don't you introduce this week's guest? Pierre is a passionate technology educator. Whether he is in rural Ghana teaching school kids about programming, writing and curating curriculum for Fortune 100 technical sales engineers, or leading envisioning and planning sessions with customers and consultants, he leads the efforts to educate and train technologists interested in service and sales operations from all over the world. Pierre comes with over 33 years of technology sales leadership and consulting. He has worked on the Microsoft Dynamics platform since it was released. He is a board member at Ferris State University Marketing and Sales Advisory Program and a board member at Expanding Boundaries International, focusing on delivering STEAM education programs in rural Africa and Baltimore public schools. A four-time Microsoft Titanium Award winner for sales excellence, he hosts a bi-monthly LinkedIn live stream called Field Service Live. Welcome, Pierre Hasselbus. Hello, welcome. Good to be here. <laughs> love it. Love the energy. We're going to dive right in. And we want to ask you, what is Dynamics 365 Field Service? Dynamics 365 Field Service is an um, application solution or set of uh, capabilities within Dynamics that allows us to help our customers 
service their customers or assets in the field. So it's, it's kind of right in the name, field service. And so all of you think of all of the uh, kind of things that you need to do, like scheduling, you need to know about people's locations, the tasks that they need to perform while they're out there, whether they're on a customer site or whether they're their own assets that they own. Um, that's what field service does. It's in the scope of all of that. So it has kind of like case management. Think about it like case management, but in the actual physical world where we're going to go, you know, do a bunch of stuff. So that's the idea. No, that's awesome. Um, Field service seems like a very easy to use application within the dynamic suite. I mean, but is it really only for manufacturing companies? Oh, no, 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 not at all. Yeah, we're we're all over the board from uh, manufacturing certainly is a large uh, component of this because so many companies that manufacture stuff, they need to, you know, fix it or install it or take care of those those physical assets in the in the world and in the space that they sit in. And uh, then, uh, but we also have customers that are in, let's say, medical, like uh, medical delivery and delivering hospital beds or oxygen tanks, all the way to people doing inbound services, also. So they're they're more interested in like the set of tasks that need to be completed. So like dealers, um, like large equipment dealers that have to uh, have people bring a vehicle, large vehicle into a service bay to be, you know, have a, you know, 50 point inspection or something like that. So that inbound scheduling is also something that the, the field service um, platform does really, really well. So we should we should really ask Amazon to use uh, Dynamic 365 field service. <laughs> yeah, why not? That's okay. We'd love to have them as a customer. The only problem might be though that it doesn't work on Amazon. It works on Azure, so it's an Azure application. I don't know if they can really support it. So, <laughs> fair point. Fair point. <laughs> that would be. I'll the... reach out to Jeff Bezos and be yeah, like, "Yeah, hey, give him what a are call. Give him a call." You know? There, you know, the thing with Microsoft <laughs> is there's kind of a good, well-worn path between the Microsoft uh, people and the Amazon people, right? They're, you know, because they're in the same area. So there's a lot of folks that kind of migrate back and forth. So there's, you know, Amazon actually is a, some very friendly Microsoft people. And, and uh, there's definitely a, a bunch of uh, Microsoft usage uh, inside of uh, their, their system. Love it. So when we think about field service, how can it improve a company's customer experience? How would it make them better at that particular facet of things? Sure. I mean, that's, that's, so think about it, right? We, in the, in the broad customer experience, we really focus a lot on the CRM play and, and making sure that we pull a customer in and we, we help um, deliver on a promise really is what the field service system does is delivers on the promise of service and it helps us maintain those uh, key performance indicators and our commitments to the customer around what we've promised to you know them so for companies that are very driven by that customer experience and not you know ending with the sale but making sure that the product that gets delivered works the way it's supposed to and a lot of companies are you know that's that's where it really focuses on and that's where we see it as a big differentiator you know or at least in the stack of the the full solutions you know that you have within Microsoft Dynamics yeah so when you look at the implementation of field service within a customer, what are some of the mistakes that you have heard, seen customers make in implementing that and then really pushing it out, not, not just implementing the technology, but implementing it also to their field teams? 
Yeah, so that that's really a good question. Uh, that's an excellent question. A lot of uh, organizations underestimate the effort when it comes to pretty much anything that's IT, <laughs> when it comes to these types of things that touch things like business process and uh, the technology that supports those business processes. So in the same way that you, you end up with um, underestimating or not doing enough kind of discovery work or one department feels like they, they have it all figured out and the other department doesn't have it all figured out yet when that's not well communicated internally and the implementation teams don't understand the impacts of the outcomes of what they're doing, that's when things typically you know, go off the rail. It's, it's rarely a technical issue. It's generally a business process issue. And uh, when we deliver a field service solution, it often is so tightly aligned with a business process because you need inventory often. You need, so I've got to integrate with an ERP system. I have pricing of what those things, I have service level agreements that are all in there. I also have, you know, customer service department often is different than the operational service, you know, the field service group. Those are technicians and call center people, kind of totally different departments, totally different tool sets, different understandings of it. And so companies that are trying to digitally transform that or make that really seamless, you know, that that energy and excitement is much more around transforming the business processes and, you know, kind of pulling the best of both worlds into a new system as opposed to trying to, you know, basically just shoehorn an old set of practices into some new system. So, you know, a lot, that's that kind of creative destruction and all the challenges that come along with digital transformation. That's the type of things that we're seeing, you know, those, those are the challenges that make projects take a little longer than they should or, or that, that customers were expecting. We have customers that move from other field service systems, right? How do they go about also looking at moving into Microsoft's field service? How, how is that implementation process? Is it just as easy as moving the data? They should be up and running. But what, what are some of those things that you see? I don't know how to really word that, but I think yeah. you get where I'm going with this question. So migrating from other systems into into Dynamics is, I came out of the service side of this, the deployment, the partner channel side, and uh, ran a service, oper- you know, a deployment team before I came here at Microsoft. And and so it's, you know, the, the partners have a certain um, expertise, some like, a, or I'll give you a good example of a company like IBM. So IBM owns service applications like Maximo. So they, they own a service application. So their, their dynamics practice has really good expertise in kind of integrating or migrating data out of those systems. A lot of our partners like an eLogic or some of our other global partners are, have SAP practices. So when we're deploying at large customers that have SAP, you know, having that SAP uh, skill set or some industry experience where they're re- reproducing that, you're kind of walking in the door with a bit of a toolkit in terms of what are the right integration points, how frequent should you do the integrations, all those types of things, a lot of that technical blocking uh, that a customer would really go through one time, but those partners have repeated that over and over again. And so they're really able to accelerate that uh, deployment around um, either migrating 
a lot of them really aren't just throwing out old systems. What a lot of them are doing is adding new capabilities to systems that don't exist inside of their existing infrastructure. That's a pretty common thing for us. But with that said, we certainly are replacing other field service kind of line of business applications that are in the field service space. But Love it. So that's my humble opinion. <laughs> it's a great opinion. That's why we have you on the show. <laughs> I see. Partners are awesome. I mean, we, you know, that's one thing I think a lot of people don't put into the mix when they're, they're thinking about this um, type of transition. But, you know, our partners really do that last mile. It's like you could have the greatest fiber uh, connection that goes down the street and, right. you know, this tremendous set of capabilities. But until you get it, you know, wired into your Ethernet <laughs> in your building, in your house, uh, across the Wi-Fi, you know, it's not going to do you any good. And so that last mile, as they say, you know, in tech is just the, that's the, you know, that's the difference in many ways between, you know, mediocre and success or blowing it out of the water. So, and some of our partners have, you know, like I said, they already have capabilities already because they have, they know both sides of the street, so to speak, or they, they, they're multidisciplined teams that um, look at it uh, and have done it before. So. Wonderful. Partners are key to this. No, no, 100%. We love and appreciate our partners within the partner ecosystem. Now, Pierre, when we, you first described field service, it sounded in a way reactive in the sense that, hey, a customer has an issue that needs to be fixed. You send out a technician by managing those resources accordingly. How can field service help a company be more proactive when it comes to things like uh, managing services for customer products? Sure. That's an excellent thing. So managing things proactively or looking at ways to kind of be ahead of the of the game uh, when it comes to service. And that is where the service industry as a whole is slouching towards. And that's what, you know, everybody wants these predictive systems that are proactive, whether that's looking and reasoning over uh, data and telemetry that comes from equipment and machines and then creates alerts or alarms within inside of the system. We refer to that internally at Microsoft and, and have a solution for um, IoT, cannot call connected IoT field service, where we're connecting the the data into, you know, our and ingesting that into an engine that's able to detect anomalies and pro- proactively manage those anomalies. We also have partners that do a really, really great job at this, like Johnson Control or Honeywell that have systems that, you know, they intimately know that HVAC equipment and they can look at that data. And then when their system, it, it has certain conditions, you know, the, the fan is spinning faster than it should. And, you know, the, the heat isn't going down like it was supposed to when that happens. You know, they, they're able to model that in their applications and using AI, they're able then to just generate um, work orders inside of our system uh, appropriately. So that's one method. Out of the box, we, we have um, just kind of routine maintenance that's done. So we're able to take an asset inside of the system, put on, um, you know, a, a schedule to say every three months, you're supposed to do this one thing, you know, change the oil, inspect the filter, um, go and do this, this, these things, these maintenance um, things to keep the systems up and running. So you need a spectrum of that. Right now, the basic reactive service and the proactive scheduled maintenance service and even usage-based service like we have like with our cars when we go after X amount of miles, we can do go do uh, you know oil change after 3,000 miles kind of a thing. 
that stuff is pretty much table stakes now in the field service business. Everybody kind of does that stuff. And so we're, we're just like everybody. You have an asset, you have all that stuff in there. Where the real innovation is going and where we're making tons and tons and tons of investment in right now is trying to get into that next level of building systems that make it easy to deploy predictive maintenance type of scenarios when certain conditions exist. We can already do some of that with uh, AI inside of our uh, predictions around the length of time that sure. it takes to complete work. We're, we have a whole AI engine that does that. Microsoft's really good at that kind of stuff. And uh, so we can adjust the time and let people say, hey, that work order is probably going to take longer than it should and we're using kind of uh, machine learning to kind of do some of that stuff. So, But you'll see a lot of innovation from us in this other space around using AI to consume all this telemetry data and then um, go, oh, that's, you know, that resulted in this uh, work order that got executed. That's how long that work order took to, to resolve. And so we're feeding the engine and then out of the, out of the other end will come now predictions. So that's, that's kind of the, the long-term vision. And that's where we're making tons of investment in right now, which is, that's the cool stuff. No, I love that. I, I love that we're, we're making some advancements there. But then I want to ask you, you, you mentioned a lot of, you know, small use cases, some things, you know, over the questions. What is your favorite use case that you've seen in your career? The one that I mentioned here is really my favorite use case <laughs> is this this whole thing around scheduling predictions in the same way, right? Like, so uh, we all work at Microsoft and we have these tools like Delve and, and Viva Insight that look at our schedules and say, hey, you made this commitment to somebody in an email and, it, you know, you should do that. You should take care of that. You forgot to put that on your list. And uh, that it's just so simple. It is seamless to us as users. And so that same engine, that office graph, applying that type of logic to the data that exists inside of a field service engine, where it's like, okay, we know that this technician takes this long typically to do this type of work order at this particular customer. And after a certain amount of time, now all of a sudden, anybody that goes to that customer, we know that, well, the system will say, yeah, that... You, should, you need to add 15 more minutes to that work, you know, uh, because for whatever reason, that co- anybody that goes out to that customer, it always takes 15 minutes longer. And it could, you know, we don't know the reasons why. It could be because, you know, the customer's got, maybe it's on the 44th floor, something like that, <laughs> or there's building security things or something like that. But but that kind of predictive stuff in AI is, you know, that the stuff, that's the stuff that that excites me uh, about that. And the other the other part is the mobility the mobility part, which is one of the hardest things to do, quite frankly, is it's really, really hard to get a nail, you know, the mobile solution so that it's not only reliable and works really well at what it's supposed to do, but make it really easy for technicians so they're not fooling around with their mobile app and much more focused on, you know, taking care of customer stuff. So, and being more real time, I like it. So that mobile, that mobile platform is so really cool. You know, it's just an extension of Power Platform. And so you get all these really cool Power Platform-y things that kind of go along for it. And it, you know, from my perspective and from my, what I've looked at, that Field Service Mobile is the most sophisticated uh, Power Platform application that Microsoft has. It's, there's nothing more complex or sophisticated than that, that the thing to work offline and do all of this capabilities of reporting back the GPS location in real time and, um, it's just uh, this kind of convergence of a whole bunch of different use cases and technologies into, you know, a little 
tiny mobile app that runs on your. So it's very, it can be, it's going to be really disruptive as that gets, you know, more widely. We heard customers pulling out their in vehicle telemetry systems, um, you know, that advertise, you know, we used to put that right in the vehicle. And now it's with the tech. Where's the tech? I don't care where the truck is. I want to know where the technician <laughs> is. And uh, so that's, right. is he there? You know, kind of like, <laughs> when did she? come into the, you know, into the job site and doing all that Power Apps notifications and all of that stuff that goes along with that Power Apps um, platform is really, I think it's so cool. Wow. Well, Pierre, we covered a lot on this episode with regards to field service and I love it. So first of all, thank you again for for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much and love what you guys are doing here. It's really good stuff. Love it. So Pierre, we really look into field service to going from reactive to proactive to predictive, all of those things. We're excited the modality or the mobile piece, the mobility rather, is something to look forward to. And Microsoft is making the appropriate investments to ensure that field service is going to improve a company's customer experience at the end of the day. Thank you for tuning in to Digestible Dynamics Podcast, a show for you, the innovators, with content directly from the experts. While we only cover one tidbit of Dynamics 365 per episode, if you want to learn more, head over to our LinkedIn page by searching for Digestible Dynamics on LinkedIn so that we can guide you to the right resource to help you maximize your Dynamics 365 experience. If you have any other questions, email your host, KJ and KG at digestibledynamics at Microsoft.com. Until next time, folks. <laughs>